It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it to Wednesday. Barely, I'm on the muscle relaxers today. It's a Tuesday, John. Oh, it's Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you Three, know, two, as, as one. funny as that would be scripted, that was unscripted. Uh, Wow. <laughs> You were so confident. Welcome in. Eminem Cartage presents Spears on Sports. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 502-384-1450. I feel like Ed's here. We're off the rails early. <laughs> 384-1450 is the number to call if you'd like to join in on the conversation. Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Don't forget, you can still get your free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or steak and egg burrito along with any tea, fizz freeze, fountain drink, or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a brand-new Thornton's Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app, register for Refreshing Rewards, earn your free breakfast on Thornton's, and hit me up on the Thornton's text line on this Tuesday, 502-414-1450. Tuesday, February 21st, eight days left in February, my least favorite month of the year. You should have known it was Tuesday because Tony's not here. Yeah. Dead giveaway. Good call. Tony will be here tomorrow. Uh, Rick Bozich will join me in about 15 minutes. We'll talk uh, Louisville basketball. We'll talk NCAA tournament. Uh, who's the best team in the country? We'll also delve into the baseball rules. Rick's a big baseball fan. The new rules coming up this season. Spring training is now officially open everywhere. And uh, teams are getting ready to not only get their rosters down to 26, but they're getting ready to experiment with these new rules in the uh, preseason. So we'll talk to Rick about all that and much more. Indiana-Michigan State tonight. We'll preview that game right here on the Big X 8 o'clock pregame, 9 o'clock tip. Another one of Scooter's favorite, 9 o'clock tip tonight. I actually am excited about this one. So normally I'd be pretty upset about a 9 o'clock game because you get to bed late, but I've got a game tonight myself. So that that just means driving home I get to listen to the Hoosiers. So, uh, big game tonight. Yeah, now, huge. Now, if they can go, I said this yesterday, if they can go 3-1 and one in these last four, I'm going to go ahead and assume you lose at Mackey Arena. But if you can win your two home games against Iowa and Michigan, very doable. If you can win tonight, maybe a three seed, maybe a four seed. Obviously, the Big Ten tournament would matter a little bit here. Um, but you're going to probably finish second in the league as well. Uh, Northwestern, look, Northwestern's been great. Can they keep it up for four more games? That's the question. Uh, so big game tonight, Michigan State. First home game for Michigan State since that shooting on the 13th. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be an emotional, electric, packed house with uh, a whole lot of emotion going on from uh, Ohio State fans, I mean, excuse me, Michigan State fans, Spartan students, and, of course, the players and coaches as well. Uh, Indiana won the first meeting quite handily, and uh, I know, Scooch, you you said to me off the air, you think Indiana's got no shot tonight? I wouldn't say no shot. Yeah, that's but, what you said. Uh, that's not what I said. Which, uh, you said they get crushed, I think is the word. No, I just said I think they lose. Oh, I do see, think they he, lose He's tonight. backing it up now. He's backing <laughs> up a little bit. Beep, beep, look out for the scooter truck. It's backing up. You know what the worst-case scenario for me is? Michigan State wins by one or two. Because then, then it's a lose-lose for me. There are scenarios where I like the Hoosiers tonight. We'll talk about that uh, along the way. 
seven games tonight, top 25, four of eight, eight games, excuse me, four of them involving matchups of top 25 teams. Now, the Big 12 is always a matchup, it seems, of top 25 teams. We got two of those tonight. We got a Big East top 25 matchup and an SEC top 25 matchup that we didn't see coming. Tennessee and Texas A&M and College Station. Hmm. Texas A&M is in second place in the league. Nobody saw Buzz Williams' team being in second place in the league. And they could potentially, I said this yesterday, catch Alabama. They're one game behind Alabama in league play. They finished the season against the Crimson Tide in College Station. Wow. Final regular season game. If Texas A&M can beat Tennessee tonight, and they are one-and-a-half-point favorites, um, strap it on for that last game of the, of the regular season. That's all I'm going to say. It's worth noting that Alabama still has Arkansas and Auburn left on their schedule as well. Yeah. Nothing easy. Nothing comes easy nowadays. Kansas looked great last night. Um, Kansas, the last two, uh, the last three halves, okay, the second half against Baylor, and then last night has looked the part. Defending champions. I didn't write them off, but I said earlier in the year I didn't like the way they were playing. I didn't like what I saw. I'm changing right now. I'm changing that right now because I thought Wilson was the only guy on the team that was a legitimate. Star, that's no longer true. Harris, the point guard, is back, and he's playing well. Um, Adams is okay. McCullers is a, a nice player. Grady Dick can get things done. I think he had 19 last night. Kansas went into TCU and won. Uh, you know, it was tied late, but they pulled it out. It's a good Kansas team all of a sudden. They were plus money on the money line last night. I couldn't believe it. Uh, I think they were two-point favorites heading into the game. Uh, but it wasn't a system bet because both teams were ranked. But, uh, I look, I liked them last night. Mm-hmm. I said it on the show. Uh, they did cover. I liked, I couldn't decide on Louisville and Duke. It was 18. Ended up 17. Could have gone either way. Duke missed uh, six of their 18 free throws last night. So, if you bet Duke, uh, take that to heart. Here's a, a surprising fact for you. So, I believe in Louisville so much. And Uh-oh. how they've been playing the last week, week and a half or so. I didn't want any part of Duke minus 10.5 on the live line. I didn't take it. Uh, didn't take it. Should have. I should have, As yeah. it turns out. But I didn't. Louisville led that game 18-7. to Yeah. Uh, 79-62 was the final score in favor of the Blue Devils. They improved to 20-8 and overall, 11-6 and in the ACC. Cards dropped to 4-24 and now. 2-15 and in conference. Uh, they led 18-9. to And then Duke went on a... Tr- a 13-0 run, took a 22-18 lead, and once they got up by 10, they never trailed by less than 10. Um, but again, I thought a nice performance from Louisville. Yeah. They still don't play defense. Uh, Duke got multiple open looks at three. That's why they were 9 of 22 from three-point land. And uh, L. Ellis, you know, he, he he's Trace Jackson Davis on this team because he needs help. Mm-hmm. He needs help. And Durham native went back at 21 points, seven assists last night. J.J. Trainer 16 points for the second game in a row, tied his career high here. Uh, but other than that, you're just looking around going, who's helping? Withers, James. How did Kamari Lansdale? No, <laughs> he didn't do much. He, uh, he did get too go- busy. Too busy texting. He did, yeah, yeah. He got, what do, they, what do they call that? What do you young kids call that today? Uh, Tinder. 
ghosted? Did he get ghosted? Oh, um, catfished. Catfished. I think is the proper term. So apparently a Duke student pretending to be a woman on Tinder. I don't know that that's confirmed. Well, the... That's what all the scuttlebutt is, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was actually a woman. The screenshots uh, look for real. That the that the Duke student was holding up in the student section, mm-hmm. enlarged. Oh my gosh, he didn't play well. Uh, Huntley Hatfield uh, back from the injury. I think it's his third game back. Nine points, five rebounds. But again, Ellis needed help. Didn't get a lot of help. I was surprised, and I'll ask Rick about this coming up. I was surprised that Kenny was so harsh on his team after the game because, for the most part, I thought they played pretty well. And, and let's be relative about this compared to a month and a half ago, they played really well because they were awful shot. 44% hit seven out of 17 threes. There's nothing wrong with that. Nine out of 10 free throws. Nothing wrong with that. They only lost the rebounding battle by five, but here's the problem for the second game in a row. The opposing team only had five turnovers. That's a product of bad defense. Duke was able to go down, run their stuff, and there was very little fear that Louisville was going to get a steal or a traveling call against Duke or an offensive foul. No turnovers. Um, Clemson, even though you beat Clemson, only had five turnovers. Uh, That's why Clemson was in the game toward the end. Now, you mentioned Kenny Payne being tough on the team after the game. Tough love, I guess. Do you think any of that has to do with – him being cognizant of that's what the fans want to see. I mean, the fans all season long, like, Kenny doesn't care. Yeah. But yeah, if he shows that kind of emotion after the game. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe. But, but you know, to say my guys were intimidated, I didn't see that. Now, I'm, he's he is two feet from his players. I'm in Louisville watching on a big screen TV. I mean, it is Cameron it's Indoor. Different. And, and there are a lot of teams, by the way, do get intimidated mm-hmm. in that spot. I didn't feel like they were intimidating, especially at the beginning. But he said, when Duke punched us in the face, we backed down. And that's what he was upset about. Uh, you get that taste of victory on Saturday, and then you I guess you lose this when you say, oh, well, you know, we should play better. We just won. We just beat Clemson. Clemson has beaten Duke this year. We, we should have been in that game. Now they got Georgia Tech on the road Saturday. Better win this one. Now, you do have a winnable game at home against Virginia Tech. You finish the season at Virginia. But at Georgia Tech, feels like you you know you beat them once. They're not good. Go in there, beat them again. Here's the goal now. Get out of the basement. You're 2-15. Notre Dame is 2-14. Notre Dame plays at Carolina, I think, tonight, maybe tomorrow night. Notre Dame at North Carolina. So Tomorrow. Tomorrow night, you can. If Notre Dame loses at Carolina, which I expect them to do, now you're tied with Notre Dame. If you beat Georgia Tech, all of a sudden you're tied with Georgia Tech, and you've beaten them twice. Just get out of the cellar. That's all you want to do now. I don't know how winnable that Virginia Tech game is at home. I mean, they're favorites over Miami tonight. Oh man, two point favorites. Um, it's in Blacksburg, of course. Yeah. Miami's ranked thirteenth. Thirteenth. That's a team that gets no respect. They shouldn't. I, I don't get it. That's a good team. They play in the ACC, John. Okay, let me let me change my stance. That's a good team in the ACC. And they get no love. 
Can Miami they win are, a championship? They are half a game behind Virginia in the ACC. Can they win a national title? No. Nobody in this conference can win a national title. Not even Virginia? Title. I don't think so. I don't think so. They muck it up too much. They don't score enough points. Um, their guard play does scare me a little bit. They have experienced guards. Kihei Clark has been there for 18 years. <laughs> um, Armand Franklin, you know him well. Oh, yeah. He's experienced. They've got experience at the guard position. And in the NCAA tournament, that's why I like Baylor so much. In the NCAA tournament, experience at the guard position is critical. And that's what Purdue, by the way, is lacking, experience at the guard position. Did I see Baylor was an underdog tonight? Uh, yes, they are a road team. No, they're two-point favorites on the road oh, at Kansas right. State. Okay, yeah. At Kansas State. Uh, I hope they lose because I want their uh, odds to go up when I bet them to win the tournament. <laughs> I don't, they can lose out for all I care. Um, so ACC, you got Virginia 13-3, Miami's 13-4. Pittsburgh coming off a loss is 12-4, Clemson's 11-5, NC State, Duke 11-6. So Miami is ahead of all these teams. Now, your point is valid. Does that mean Miami's good, or does that mean the league stinks? That's a good question. Most people think the league stinks. Ken Palm has it ranked the seventh best conference in the country. So you're behind the other five power conferences and the Mountain West. Who's who's even in the Mountain West? San Diego State is a top 25 team. Utah State is really good, but it's, it's the Mountain West. Jeez. I mean, look, they're on CBS Sports Network and uh, and sometimes FS1 at 11 p.m. I'm sorry, I'm out. He has ACC in front of the West Coast Conference with yes. Gonzaga and St. Mary's? Yes. That's but surprising. after Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Yeah, pretty bad. Falls off quickly. Falls off the cliff. And look, Virginia's ranked 6th. Miami's ranked 13th. Pittsburgh has been ranked most of the season. Clemson was... Top of the league there for a, a, quite a while, actually. Uh, I think they were seven and zero in conference. They're eleven and five now. So, got to play the whole season. Got to play the whole season. All right, um, we'll take a break. I want to take an early break here. We'll get Rick Bozich on the line coming up from Fox Forty One dot com. We'll talk to him about U of L, UK, who he likes, who's the best team in the country. Okay, do we even have any idea? what the answer to that question might be. And we'll talk some baseball as well with Rick after the break. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Carnage. John Spears in studio. Tony Burke will join me in studio tomorrow. We will break down the Full Swing series on Netflix, the eight-episode behind-the-scenes at the PGA Tour. Fantastic. I finished it over the weekend. Justin, you you got two episodes left? I've got two to watch today. You got homework, you know. Oh, I'll, fin- I'll finish it, no, no problem. Um, it's great. If you like HBO's Hard Knocks or if you like uh, the Formula One or tennis things that were on Netflix, you'll love this. Uh, really good stuff. Let's go to the M&M Cartage Hotline. Bring in Rick Bosich, Fox 41, WDRB.com. You can read his stuff at WDRB.com. How are you today, Rick? I'm good, John. How are you? I am wonderful. 
Well, that's not true. I, I started the show. I didn't even know what day it was. I said it was Wednesday. Oh, God. Depressing. Just depressing. I do that once a Old week. age. Killing me. Yeah. Uh, uh, tell me about it. Why was Kenny Payne so upset with his team last night? Uh, I thought they played pretty well when you relate it to earlier in the year. Yeah, I thought I was curious about that, too, because uh, I originally wrote that I thought they played pretty well, and then yeah. he came out for his post-game press conference and um, disagreed, um, you know, just by the tone of his comments and, you know, how he said them. Um, I think what he didn't like was the way they started, and then they gave it all back so quickly. And that's happened a number of times this year, and I think he thought maybe by this point in the season they would have outgrown some of that. Um, and I can understand that maybe if they were playing at home, but they were playing at Duke yeah. um, against a more talented team that hadn't lost at home all year. So um, I don't know. I thought I, I, I mean I thought it was one of their better performances of the year on the road. <laughs> I mean they've played well the last two and a half weeks. Am I wrong about that? Other than the Pittsburgh game, yeah. I mean, could have beat Virginia, played Miami tough, really good on offense, uh, played Florida State tough. Um, you know, they're, 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 playing, they're definitely playing better than they played, you know, certainly November, December, and, and even into mid-January. But um, I'm sure they would like to have a few more wins. If they had just gotten, you know, they lost four one-point games and a couple of yeah. other two- or three-point games, if they would have gotten, you know, two of those or something. Just who knows how it would have changed the arc of the season, but it didn't happen. So they got at least four games left to go, and, you know, they got to try and win, you know, one or two of them. Impressive performance Saturday against Clemson. I expected a big crowd, but it it was better, a better atmosphere than I thought. What would you think? Yeah, I give a lot of credit to Josh Hurd, the Louisville Athletic Director. You know, they marketed it well. They made those tickets available for $13, which got people up in the upper arena. Um, I think the idea of bringing the 2013 team back uh, and scheduling it around the NBA All-Star game to make sure they got Montrezl Harrell in, and I think they thought they were going to get Gorgie Jang in. Um, and that brought energy to the building, and they started well that game, and the crowd you know, got invested, and when the crowd got invested, the players fed off that energy. And um, you, you were there. I mean, it, was, it felt like... Yeah. Almost like it used to be every night, and it hasn't been for quite a you know since COVID. Uh, uh, it and, felt like Freedom but, Hall to me. The good old yeah, days. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I mean, people were getting. I mean, it's you can tell basketball fans in this area because they know when to get up and get invested when they see a good defensive possession, when they see a hustle play, when they see a team you know pass the ball uh, the way they're supposed to pass it and get a good shot. They get up and reassure a team, and they did that. I know the season's not over, but uh, how many of these current players do you expect on the roster next season? If I, well, if, that's a great if, question. If I, if, if I say give me a number. About it, uh, I would say four or five. Yeah. Ellis, come back. He's got a COVID year to play with if he wants to. Yeah, I'm not sure what he wants to do. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what, you know, what, what his I, – I would like to see him back because uh, I think he's been – you know, obviously he turns the ball over too much, but without him, they'd be totally lost. Yeah. And he's a competitor. And if all the players brought the fight to the game that he brings to the game, uh, they'd have, you know, 12 to 15 wins. I mean, he he competes and uh, he he plays defense. 
makes a lot of tough shots and he doesn't get a lot of help and he plays a ton of minutes. So um, I, I, I think you have to salute L. Ellis for the way he's played this year. Did he play too many minutes? Or is that just a product uh, of what Kenny's yeah, got available? Pro- they, I mean, there's no backup. That's probably the biggest um, thing I could second-guess Kenny Payne on is that he he needed to get another guard uh, out of the portal, and I know they went for at least five guys and didn't get any of them, um, primarily because people were told not to come to Louisville because they wouldn't be able to be in the NCAA tournament this year. But had to get at least one guy somewhere uh, to, to give those guys a little bit of a break. They're, they're back. I mean, that's that's the number one issue with that team is they just don't have good guard play, consistent guard play. You know, the assist rate is low, the turnover rate is high, and um, that's, I mean, obviously they knew that and brought in Fabio, and that just hasn't worked out. Uh, but got to get better guards for next year for sure. Talking to Rick Bozich, WDRB, let me get it right, WDRB.com. I'm on muscle relaxers today, Rick, so you, you never know what I'm, I'm going to so say. So um, Let's shift to Kentucky right now. Are they safely in now? Are they off the bubble? I mean, they're safely in if the draw was today. Uh, there's still 19 <laughs> days to go, so if I was, you know, I wouldn't want to, don't lose to Florida which, you know, is now without Castleton, and the bottom is kind of falling out of that team. And yeah. don't lose to Vandy next week. But, you know, you can, you can, you can take a, a loss to, to Arkansas. Um, should be able to beat Auburn at home. I mean, I think they're in. And I've seen, I've seen some projections that have them as much as, like, an, you know, an eight-seater, maybe even a seven. I've looked at some of these brackets. My eyes are kind of blurred over but yeah i mean they're they're in i mean i they're not in any first four game anymore or anything like that so this, i think they're if they keep playing the way they played recently and considering who they have on that team i mean if if i'm a two seed i i don't really want kentucky to be the seven seed i'm playing in my second game yeah i don't want to be an eight or a nine if i'm kentucky give me give me 10 i'd rather be a 10 just based on yeah i agree pairings Right? Yeah, or a seven. I mean, uh, go up, go up to a seven. Because I think if you're a seven, don't you play a, you play a two, right? Two, the yeah. game? Ten would be the same. Yeah, play, play a yeah. two. Seven, you play ten, so then you play a two. That's that's okay. And who knows if they really get on a hot streak, maybe they could make their way up to a six. They'd have to probably beat Arkansas on the road to do that. But um, you know, they've got they got pieces, and they if they can get you know everybody healthy, they would have more pieces. So. I think they've quelled the negativity that was roaring after they lost that game at Georgia. That's the puzzling thing about that team, and a couple of the, that, that's what is head scratch. I mean, losing that game to South Carolina and losing that game to Georgia that that shouldn't happen. Yeah, those are killers. Uh, Chris Livingston's been really good. He's getting more minutes because of the injuries. Could this be a silver lining? Because when Wheeler and Frederick come come back, that Livingston's gotten this uh, amount of playing time and has played well. Yeah, I've always believed in that. I mean, whenever you have guys that are hurt, obviously it's an obstacle, but it gives other guys a chance to to play and get experience and get confidence. So, yeah, and if the other guys can come back and be productive players, then it builds your depth. And, yeah, I like Livingston. He, he's he got a level of athleticism in the front court that they don't really have from anybody else, and he's, he shoots the ball with confidence. So um, that's a plus. Is uh, Indiana and Michigan State tonight uh, in East Lansing? First game uh, at home for Michigan State since the uh, tragedy on the 13th. 
Is Indiana going into a buzzsaw? They're definitely going into an emotional buzzsaw tonight, but is can they beat Michigan State on the road tonight? I mean, they can. I don't think they will. It's just a really hard week for Indiana. they got to play at Michigan State tonight uh, under the circumstances you just mentioned, plus it's a payback game, um, and they were fortunate to beat them in Bloomington because in, in that game, as I was mentioned 20 times now, that Tamar Bates and Trey Galloway made eight out of nine threes, and they probably haven't made eight threes combined since then. Um, and then they got to go to Purdue in another payback game on Saturday. So Indiana's probably looking at an 0-2 week uh, before they come home for the final two home games. So, yeah, it, it, that, that's a tough game. It's a 9 o'clock game, and it's already a tough place to play. And I think, pretty sure, I haven't watched Michigan State in a while, but I, I think their best frontcourt player, Malik Hall, is back, and he didn't play in the game in Bloomington. So I, I would expect Michigan State would win tonight. Okay, let's just say Indiana wins tonight, goes 3-1 and one the rest of the regular season, and loses to Purdue. What seed mm-hmm. could they expect in the tournament? Can they be one of the top fours in the region? Um, well, they were on Saturday. Yeah. So if you end up beating Michigan State, Iowa, and Michigan, that's probably – it's probably two tournament teams and lose to the lose to a one seed on the road. That's not a bad loss, depending on how they do in the Big Ten tournament, and they usually do terrible. Um, I would say that they would either be a four or a five. Yeah. Who's the best team in the country? Do we have any idea? I don't. I I, I don't know. I, I I've liked Arizona all year, um, but they've got four really head scratching losses. Uh, in their league, and they trail UCLA um, in, in their league. So I don't have – I voted Alabama number one this week, and they also have, you know, four losses. Um, I know Houston is number one. Calvin Sampson is a really good coach. But, you know, I I, I have a hard time voting for, for team number one because I don't really think in that conference they get tested every week the way – Kansas and Alabama yeah. and Purdue and some of these other teams get tested. So I don't know. I mean, there's probably the usual eight to ten teams that could win it all, and I'd say there's probably twenty teams that could get to the Final Four. Okay, I, I can deal with that. Kansas has fourteen quad one wins. Yeah, does, it's impressive. Does the committee overvalue quad one wins, or is that something that they don't have a choice? Yeah, I mean, the quad one wins, you know, it changes depending on how a team performs. A team that it might be a quad one team today might not have been a quad one team when you played them. Like Texas you know, A&M, for example, for Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's hard thing to, to, to you know, there's, there's no context to, like, when you played them and who was healthy and who wasn't healthy right. and – um, and, and it's a bit of an arbitrary cutoff of, I don't know whether it's top 25 or top 30 if you play them at home and top 75 or whatever. So, you know, there's no perfect system, but um, I, I'm not as obsessed with the, the quad system as the committee seems to be. Yeah, those net rankings. I look at them every – I find myself looking at them every day now. Did you go up one – you didn't play. Did you move up a spot or two? Did you move down a spot or two? You didn't even play. Right, and uh, I guess it depends on who you played and how what who they, they did, played yeah. and what they did and all that stuff. There's just so much, I, you know. There's there's four or five computers. There's the net rankings. There's Ken Palm. There's Torvik. There's Haslam. There's KPI. There's Sagarin, 
and you can get a wide variety from looking at them, depending on some of them emphasize um, margin of victory, some of them margin, you know, uh, strength of schedule or opponent strength of schedule or, uh, you know, uh, offensive or defensive efficiency. You, so you, whatever you emphasize in your formula is, is going to determine what your ranking is. So most of them generally say, I was just doing some research, though, on, on the conferences because everybody has pretty much identified the Big 12 as the uh, best conference in the country. And I just kind of looked at the games from the six major conferences when they just played non-league games against each other. And the Big Ten, Big 12 is clearly the best league in those yeah. games. So they've got a big advantage. I think the Big East is underrated. Am I wrong? Uh, no, you're not wrong. I had five. I ranked five Big East teams this week in, in my top 25. And I, I like, I mean, Connecticut was great early and fell apart. Providence is good. Um, Xavier's good. I'm trying. Who else are we Marquette? talking about there? Marquette's good, and there's one of um, there's five of them that are that are. Oh, Creighton. Creighton. Yeah. Creighton is the one that has a bunch of losses, but they had injuries early in the year, and I saw them play in Maui. Not that they're a good team, and um, they got five teams that I think I wouldn't want to play in the NCAA tournament in the first or second game. Talking to Rick Bovich, WDRB.com, Fox 41. You can see he and Eric Crawford banter about and knock things around a couple times a week on Fox 41 as well. Uh, all right, which of the new Major League Baseball rules are you happy about, happiest about? Pitch clock, no shifts, or the larger bases? I'd say one would be pitch clock. I don't think baseball games should be taking, you know, three hours and 15 minutes. They need to be yep. 2.45, in my opinion. Um Two, I would say no shifts um, because I like to see less emphasis on home runs. And to me, the the beauty of baseball is, you know, watching guys try and stretch singles to doubles or doubles to triples and watching the defense try and hit a cutoff man and throw a guy out and a coach deciding whether to send a runner or not send a runner instead of just strikeouts, home runs, and walks. Um, the big bases, I, I'm not convinced it's going to lead to the more stolen bases because we all remember, you know, Lou Brock or Vince Coleman or Ricky Henderson or I can go way back to Maury Wills or whatever when guys used to steal bases. I think these guys make so much money now that teams are afraid to have them steal that many bases and wear them out or risk injury. So I don't think we're going to see as much of that as possible. So, yeah. so pitch clock one, shifts two, and the big base is three. I think Trey Turner might get seventy-five stolen bases this year. So I'm. I, you think I, they're going to run them that much? Yeah, I think they will. I think they will. In I Philly. hope so. They got some um, boppers on that team, though. I don't know if they need to. That team's loaded. Who's more? Who's more affected by the pitch clock, pitchers or hitters? Because people talk about the pitchers. You got to be ready. Right. You got to get on the mound. You got to throw the ball. You can't pick guys off anymore. Apparently. Um, but the hitter's got to be in that box with eight seconds to go, looking at the pitcher, facing the pitcher, or it's a strike. Right. I, I think you're onto something there. And actually, I heard a podcast yesterday um, with Lance Lynn talking about how everybody talks about how the pitchers are under pressure, but they still control the action, and pitchers can change. You know, this time I'm going to be ready to go at eight seconds, this time I'm going to be ready to go at one second. And the batter has to be in there, you know, waiting for them to get ready. So I agree with you. I think it. I think the pitchers have an advantage. 
Our White Sox, your White Sox and my Cubs are nowhere to be found in anybody's top ten this so far. Are, are we? Yeah, but should we Cubs be worried? Had a good off season. The Cubs had a good off season. They had some good veteran guys. I think they'll be. Bellinger the can't hit. Bellinger can't hit me. Bellinger can't hit me. That's do, a good buy low, though. You're, I mean, if yeah, you're guy was an MVP four years ago at, at that price. I love Swanson, and I, I like Hosmer, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm ready. You know, I think I'm ready for his own place. Yeah. The guy that I think was a good pickup was uh, Jamison Talon. He yeah. he pitched pretty good for the Yankees last year. He was a high draft point, uh, pick out of college uh, with the Pirates, and I think he's added another pitch. So, you know, that's that's what they need. They need another arm, and they got some – they got, they're probably a year away from really being a serious contender, but they got a really good farm system. And, uh, you know, I've been, I, I read, I subscribe to Chicago Tribune to read all the baseball stuff. And yeah. A lot of optimism about the Cubs. More about the Cubs than there is about the White Sox. Well, you lost Jose Abreu. That's a, that was, that's a big loss, right? Yeah, it is, but it isn't. I mean, he was around last year and didn't do that well. I think he's, <laughs> People talk about his leadership. I mean, he didn't do much leading last year. So um, what it does do is now we're getting too deep in the weeds. It allows Andrew Vaughn, who I think will end up being a good player, to play where he should be playing at first base and get him out of the outfield because the White Sox had the worst outfield defense in the major <laughs> league last year. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We're hey, you're you're happy, right? They're in camp now, right? So we're close. First game on Saturday. Oh, right, my I'll gosh. be listening. Well, uh, before I let you go, congratulations. Your election into the Indiana Sports Writers and Sportscasters Association Hall of Fame, well-deserved. And I just wanted to get that said on the air. Congrats. Well, I thank you very much. I was quite surprised when they let me know and quite honored and looking forward to going up to uh, Franklin, Indiana in April for the ceremony. And always good to be around Don Fisher, who is going to get a Lifetime Achievement Award that day. And Fish, to me, is... uh, He's like the K with Ledford of Indiana basketball. So anytime I have a chance to be up on the uh, stage with him, that's quite humbling. You get to listen to one game. It's either Fisher or K with Ledford. Who, who are you taking? <laughs> oh, that's a mean spirited question, isn't it? Uh, I'll listen the first half of K Wood and the second half. Of <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I appreciate your time as always. Right. Thanks, John. Rick Bozich, WDRB.com, FARC 41. We'll uh, take a break, come back with more. Talk about tonight's uh, slate in college basketball and preview Indiana, Michigan State a little bit more as well. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big Axe. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Evan M. Carter. John Spears in studio. Final segment. And that was a short break. Is that not a short break? Is that a normal break? That was a normal break, yeah. And these muscle relaxers are... Time flies when you're having fun. Really having an effect on me. (sighs) All right, where did I leave off? Do you have any idea? No clue. Bunch of great games tonight, by the way. Last night, only one top 25 game. Kansas ranked third, beat 24th ranked TCU 63-58. The Jayhawks were two-point favorites in that game, so they covered. And, of course, uh, Louisville just barely covers against Duke last night. Two Tony Burke system games tonight. Woohoo! Tony Burke system is the home team is unranked, but they're favored against a ranked opponent. 
And one of those, by the way, is Michigan State and Indiana. Michigan State, I got two and a half here as uh, the favorite. I saw it three and a half, but I haven't checked in a while. Uh, the other game, Miami ranked 13th at unranked Virginia Tech. The Hokies are 16 and 11, and they are two-point favorites against the Miami Hurricanes who get no respect at all, I, I've decided. That is the uh, those are the two Tony Burke games. We'll talk to Tony tomorrow about whether or not he wins or loses those games, and about Full Swing, the documentary on Netflix. We'll dive deep into that one tomorrow. Jim Laranega's still in Miami, right? Uh, at least his corpse or a yeah. facsimile of Jim Laranega. Maybe it's a uh, hologram. I old, don't even know. How old do you think he is? I'm sure you're going to look it up. Oh, I am. Uh, I would go 76, 73. Well, he looks 85. But, you know, I look 68 and I'm 59. That's so, true. Well, you know, it don't, happens. Don't give yourself so much credit with 68. Uh, four games tonight, as I'm going to ignore <laughs> Scooter. Matching top 25 teams, 9 o'clock, 23rd ranked Iowa State at 8th ranked Texas. Uh, Longhorns have struggled a little bit of late. They uh, went ahead to go overtime at home to beat Oklahoma. On Saturday, one of my two losses in the six-pack. Texas, seven and a half at home against Iowa State tonight. Longhorns, Cyclones, mm. who you got? I would take the Texas. Big 12's unbelievable. Texas on the money line. Rick was right. Big 12's unbelievable. Uh, the other Big 12 game, seven o'clock, ninth-ranked Baylor at 14th-ranked Kansas State. Baylor on the road, a two-point favorite over KSU. They've struggled lately. Baylor... Had a big lead in the first half against Kansas, let that slip away, and got crushed on Saturday. So these teams coming off uh, a couple of losses here, ESPN 2, 7 o'clock. Um, normally in the Big 12, if I can get a home team with points, I don't care who's playing. I'm taking the home team. Mm, I'm on Baylor. Now, that was not the case last night because if I'd have took TCU, I'd have lost because they were at home and they lost to Kansas. Uh, 8.30. Part of the uh, Big East doubleheader, well, 6.30 is the first game. Villanova at Xavier, 16th-ranked Xavier, is a four-and-a-half-point favorite against Villanova. Providence did cover against Villanova Saturday. That was one of my winners. Again, Villanova's 13-14. and 14. They've struggled first year uh, without Jay Wright at the helm. Uh, that seems like a bit of a low number to me, uh, Sean Miller's team. Pretty good. I saw it this morning, early this morning. It was at five and a half. And then I checked, I don't know, maybe 40 minutes later, and it was down to four and a half. So just confused on the movement there. Yeah, it seems to me that means people are betting on Villanova. Which seems foolish. I know, but usually isn't. This is an FS1 doubleheader. Second game, 830, two ranked, ranked teams here. Marquette ranked 10th, 21 and 6. Shaka Smart's team. At Creighton, 18-9, Creighton had that stretch middle of the year where they I think they lost five in a row. I'd have to, I, that's, Don't take me at my word there. But uh, they've rebounded. They're 18-9 and nine now and a five-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Marquette. There are not two teams in the country that I struggle to figure out more than those two. Creighton and Marquette? Yes. I, I cannot put my finger on if they're good, if they're bad, if they're I mediocre. they're both good. I, now, can they win the tournament? Yes. As we said earlier, anybody can win this thing. If you had 20 teams to pick, I think Marquette's in that 20. I'm not sure about Creighton, but it's close. Uh, SEC game of the game of the week probably here. Tennessee and Texas A&M. The Vols are ranked 11th, 20-7, coming off that loss to Kentucky. 
Texas A&M is 20-7. and seven. Scooter, I think they've won – I had it yesterday. I think they've won eight, eight of nine, and the only loss was Kentucky. Wow. Buzz Williams doing a great job in College Station. I, here's here's how I know. Without looking, tell me one Texas A&M player. Couldn't tell you. I can't either. And I watched them play. Yeah. I've watched them several games. Yeah, I couldn't tell you one. A&M is a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Tennessee. Tennessee has struggled scoring the basketball. Uh, the offense is very challenged in Knoxville right now. And, look, Buzz Williams wins this game tonight. They are – in the hunt to win the regular season SEC, and who would have thought that? Yeah. Um, finally, 11 o'clock, if you have insomnia, I will not, by the way. I will take another muscle relaxer and be asleep probably as soon as that Indiana game ends. I'm hoping I can stay awake to finish the Indiana game. That's big for you. That is big for me. Colorado State, 12-15 and 15 at 21st rank or 22nd rank San Diego State. They're 21 and 5, CBS Sports Network. San Diego State, 10 and a half tonight. Any thoughts on that game? No. I wouldn't think so. San Diego State, actually, go ahead and throw them in with Marquette and Creighton. Just have no idea what I'm getting out of them. San Diego State will win a game 80 to 70, or they'll win a game 40. They won one last week, 45 to 42. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, and they're not fun to watch. <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> uh, they were playing, I think it was Utah State maybe a week and a half ago, and I went, I, I, I was at the first or second TV timeout, 12-minute first half, I went, yeah, I'm done. I can't do this. It was boring. Go to San Diego to serve. That is my play power, power conference uh, bias right there. It was boring. Even though Mountain West, again, ranked ahead of the ACC in Ken Pop. All right, Indiana, 10-6 and six in conference. They are, uh, I think, and I'm going to look and check for sure, I think they're a game behind uh, Northwestern, who Correct. they split with this year. Yep. Northwestern's 11-5. and five. Two and Purdue, a half behind Purdue. Purdue's 13-4. and four. Uh, Purdue has one fewer game left than uh, the rest of the conference. Um, Michigan State, 16-10, and 8-7, 9 o'clock ESPN. Sparty, two-and-a-half point favorite. First Michigan State home game. Since the shooting on uh, February 13th, it killed three students on campus, critically wounded five others. Michigan State went to Michigan on Saturday. Now, that's good for Indiana because the Spartans played their our travel. That's always good when you play a team right after the play their our travel, win or lose. That game was tied at 72. Michigan scored the last 12 points of that game. So when you see 84 to 72, you think – Oh, Michigan just manhandled them. Not the case. That was a tie game with three and a half minutes to go. Uh, and and Michigan State didn't score again. Indiana, 9-2 and two in their last 11 games. They lost at Maryland. They lost at Northwestern in that stretch. But they've been really, really good. And when you look at the first meeting, I know Rick brought up the three-pointers with uh, Bates and Galloway. Trace Jackson Davis had 31 points and 15 rebounds. Tom Izzo, this is my argument for Indiana. Tom Izzo refuses to double-team. He didn't double-team Trace Jackson Davis in the first game. He didn't double-team Zach Eady in either of the two games that Michigan State lost to Purdue. And everybody else double-teams Trace Jackson Davis. Mm -hmm. It's standard operating procedure. When you game plan 
one of the first things one of the, the game planning coach will say is we got to double down on the block on TJD every time he gets the ball. Got to get it out of his hands. If Michigan State won't do that, and Tom Izzo historically doesn't do it, I think TJD can have another 31-15 and 15 tonight. And if they do decide to double-team him, he'll just have 12 assists. Well, they didn't double-team him in the first game, right. and Bates and Galloway still went 8 out of 9 from 3. Mm-hmm. So what if they do double-team him? Those guys are going to be open. Throw in Hood Shafino, throw in Miller Cop if you want to, who hit 4 out of 5 last time out, I believe. Um. I just think Indiana's got a legitimate shot here tonight. Uh, it's going to be an emotion-packed game. When they went to Michigan, Michigan had a light show set up to make the court green. Uh, we, you know, we uh, they called him little brother, and instead they said "love you, brother," because look, there are things much, much more important than basketball. Yeah, no doubt about it. By the way, it is Tamar Bates' birthday today. So, it's absolutely nothing. F- fun fact, he had 17 in that game against Michigan State last time. I think they've played eight games since then. He's only scored 24. So you heard it here first. Tamar Bates breaks out tonight, celebrates <laughs> his birthday in a big way. The same guy that told me one night Miller Cop was going to have a big game and he was scoreless <laughs> the next day. IU won the first meeting, as I mentioned, 82-69. Uh, and, and I just go back to the question, are they going to double team Trace Jackson Davis? If you do, okay, you're playing with poison with the shooters. And Hood Shafino, if he can get loose and get going, then he can have a great game. Um, Yes, Malik Hall is back, but he's not 100% for Michigan State. He is the best player on the team. Okay, I'm going to look at it this way, Scoos. The best team doesn't always win. I understand that. But Indiana, to me, is by far the best team, Mm -hmm. the best talent that's going to be on the floor tonight. I agree. The question is, can you get off to a decent start? You don't even have to get off to a good start. But you cannot let Michigan State ride the emotion that is certainly going to be in the building tonight and get a 20-8 to eight lead. Well, and that's been a problem for Indiana lately. Can't allow it. Their last three, four games, they've, they've allowed that to happen and had to fight and claw their way back into it. It, it can't happen tonight because no. if you get down 20-8 to eight tonight, you might cut it to six or four, but you're not winning this game. I agree. Um, and In which case... If they get down, I'm going to say 14, then I'm turning off going to bed, and I won't. there's no chance I see Colorado State and uh, San Diego State. Not that I want to, but there would be no chance. Uh, 9 o'clock tonight, again, 8 o'clock pregame right here on the Big X, Indiana-Michigan State. Join Hall of Famer Don Fisher uh, with the call there. Um, and you can also watch the game if you'd like. It is on the uh, the mothership tonight, ESPN. Woohoo! Well, Kentucky and Duke must not be playing. <laughs> Kentucky, by the way, will play tomorrow. Um, they go to Florida. Florida, of course, without their uh, Castleton, their best player, really, and their only inside player, uh, Colin Castleton. So they got trounced on Saturday without him. I don't know what happens. Uh, I don't know how they stop Oscar Sheepway. If Oscar Sheepway is going to have a big day, that'll be tomorrow, 7 o'clock. Oh, yeah, ESPN tomorrow, Kentucky and Florida, two unranked teams. There you go. Tony Burke joins me in studio tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Beers on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Everywhere you are, everywhere you are.